welcome to the 2.9 Podcast with your host, A.K. The Ref, where episodes drop every Wednesday and Sunday evening. On Wednesday's episodes, we talk about sports and entertainment. On the sports side, we can talk about anything from football to pro wrestling and any sport in between. On the entertainment portion, we can talk about movies, TV shows, and events, and anything entertainment related. On Sunday's episodes, we flip the script and do something a little bit different. We talk about pro wrestling, more specifically, how to get started in pro wrestling and how to navigate the waters in the pro wrestling industry. So if you're interested in getting involved in pro wrestling, or already involved in pro wrestling as it is, Sunday's episodes are for you. With that said, thanks for tuning in. Let's get this show started. Ring the bell. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the 2.9 Podcast with your boy, A.K. The Ref. How is everybody doing today? I hope everybody accepted a fabulous Wednesday. We are here on episode three. If you didn't catch uh, Sunday's episode, I went into uh, some detail about getting started in pro wrestling and what to look for in a pro wrestling training program or school. But yeah, check that out. Check that out. But uh, we are here. We are getting it. Uh, I'm just excited to be here. I'm just thinking, thinking, thanking, not thinking, but thanking to the people that are listening. We're in the beginning stages. As like I said, this is episode three. We're just going to keep chugging along and we're going to keep, we're going to keep doing this. Put my foot down. We're going to fucking do it. Sorry for my language, but you know, I've always wanted to do a podcast and well, God damn it, I'm going to do it right now. So we just got to keep consistent. You know, I, I've tried it out before. You know, I used to re- record some episodes from my phone. And I didn't really have like a set format of what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do this thing. But now I, I took some time to like go over and be like, okay, this is what I want to do. This is what, you know, I want my podcast to be about. So, but we're here and we're getting it. You know, now I got a microphone. I mean, it ain't the most expensive microphone, but we're you got to start somewhere. First, I started with my phone. Now I got a microphone hooked up to the laptop. So we're doing a thing. We're gonna we're gonna do it right, and we 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 just gonna continue to grow. It's gonna be a slow process, but it's gonna be a fun process, a fun journey, and I'm excited to see where this podcast is in the next year. Hopefully, we're growing to a bigger audience and having more guests on the show. But uh, today's episode, uh, I'm really going to stick to sports today. I know I'd be like, it's sports entertainment on Wednesdays. But uh, my entertainment, I, I, I kind of need like full episode for it because I do want to talk about The Last of Us, the TV show that was on HBO this, was it this past year, right? Oh, well, yeah, in the last, this, this year. So yeah, The Last of Us. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to need a whole Wednesday episode for that one. So that's why we're just going to do sports today. But uh, yeah, I do. The next Wednesday's episode, The Last of Us TV show. Because that is my, that has become my all-time favorite video game. And I'll get on to, into that. But uh, TV show, we'll get into that next Wednesday. I don't want to spoil anything of what I'm going to say. But I would give it. A 10 out of 10. Yes, I give it a 10 out of 10. But on tap for today, I do want to talk uh, about all three sports. Not like the sports or teams in general, but more like the leagues and what they can do to improve. Like I want to talk NBA and how I think they can get away from doing load management and and the and like their playoffs. Because uh, I have I have issues with like the first and second round of the playoffs in the NBA. And then uh the MLB ways to make the game not better, but not as long. And uh just just make it better overall. Not like I'm gonna make the gameplay better, but just going to the game, watching on TV, making it a more enjoyable experience. I got I got a few ideas I wanna throw out there. And last I want to talk some NFL and how to fix the salary cap. I got an I got an idea. So let's get into it. Let's start with uh the NBA. So like the NBA 
So in the last few years, there's been a problem with like, right, even longer than that, with uh this thing called load management, where uh you sit your star players out during the week. So say like, let's say like a team has what four games this week, and the coach decides to sit them out two of the games. Like, I I understand resting your players. But at the same time, like, this is what you get paid millions of dollars to do. Like, you, like, and then people spend their hard-earned money to come see LeBron James play. And, oh, he's not playing today. He's resting. What? Isn't that what the off-season's for? Don't you have, like, already off days? Like, there's, there's, no, there's no need to rest. And if that's the issue, then maybe shorten the season. That, that's, that's my first idea for a, like, Control low management is just short in the season because what they play 82 games plus the playoffs, which the playoffs are a seven game series. So, so one way you can, uh, one way to get this load management crap out is, uh, maybe shorten the season, maybe 10 games, maybe just 70, 72 games. You know, I mean, I mean, look, the season starts in October. What if we just cancel that and maybe start in November or December and shorten the season? Maybe that could that could be a way to like get this load management stuff out because I don't like it either because I'm from Kansas City. We don't have an NBA team. I'd be damned if I went to Dallas because that's that's my team. If I went to Dallas to watch the Mavericks play. And they had Lucas City. I'm like, are you kidding me? So I spent all this time, all this money to come travel here, get a hotel, you know, get a flight, buy the ticket, and he's not in the starting lineup. I'd be pissed the fuck off. And teams and players got to understand this. Like, you get paid to do this. Like, you have your built-in off days. Like, there's off days. You don't play every day. You have your off days. So what? You got to play three games. You have off days. You have the off season to recover. That's what it's for. During the season, you should be playing. But I get like, I get if you're like dealing with like an injury, can't go today. That that's different. Or like, I can understand like, okay, like let's get a game here, rest because you really been going out. You really got beat up. Let's just, we just need to give him a rest real quick. Give this player a rest. Like I can understand it here now and then throughout the season, but it's like. It seems like just like every week there's load management. No, get your asses out there and play. And if we need to, we shorten the season. If it's if it's gonna keep you from doing load management, shorten the season. Now I heard uh Adam Silver talk about having like tournaments throughout the season and not adding any extra games, but having like in season tournaments that are part of the regular season. So like there could be like a, maybe like a two-week period where teams are playing and they play for you know said trophy and i like that idea because he was speaking he wasn't adding any extra games it's just like you just pick a period of time you know maybe before all-star break or maybe in like the december january where it seems like games don't really matter and you have like a tournament and he was saying like there'd be incentives to play to keep guys from doing low management because you would get, you know, cash reward for if your team wins the tournament. And I like that idea because, you know, soccer, you know, Major League Soccer has those like type of tournaments, but those are like added extra games. And I know like in college basketball, they have those like tournaments, like they have like those invitationals, you know, they have like the one in Hawaii, they have like other ones. I know, I just know the one in Hawaii because I know KU plays in that. Seems like they're playing that every year, but they have those like the invitational tournaments that are part of the season, and it's always those are always good early on in the season in college basketball because it gets teams to play against other good teams before they start conference play. So like having like those in season tournaments in the NBA would be good, and especially if you're also offering cash reward for your team winning, then. Isn't that what players play? I know they care about their money. If they're able to put more money in their pocket, they'll be like, I don't, I don't need a rest. I don't need a rest. But, like, I like that idea. So, like, 
adding like in-game tournaments that don't add extra games, cash reward prizes to kind of get away from that load management. Uh, I would say like maybe shorten the season to 72 games instead of 82. And one other thing is the playoffs. I think the playoffs are entirely too long. And this is how I would have it. So we have the first round. We have the, uh, what is it? The second round is the conference semifinals, conference finals and finals. So there's four rounds of the NBA playoffs. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, right? So you have four rounds. You have round one. You have the conference semi, semi, conference finals and the finals. And all the first rounds, seven game series. Too long. We don't need seven games in the first round to know which team's going to win. Because usually it's like the one versus the eight. We don't need that. We don't need that. We don't need seven games to determine that the one seed is probably going to beat up on the eight seed because there's probably a big disparity in like how many games behind that eight seed is from that one seed. And even if it wasn't a big disparity in like the eight seed being behind X amount of games, even if it was closer, seven games is too long in the first round. My idea, I would do a three-game series in the first round. First round, three-game series. You do you do home game. So the so the one seed, so the top seed would have a home game. And then game two would be on the road. And then game three would be back to the top seeds, you know, venue home venue. I just think that would just make things so interesting. Because say, I mean in a seven-game series, like, that AC is going to pull off a victory, right? But if you made, like, a three-game series in the first round, like, peep this. The top seed has the, has the home game. Say that other, say the uh, team they're playing, say the away team gets that, gets that victory. Game one. Game two, big. Cause all they do, all that, all they have to do is just win, and they move on. And that just puts more pressure. And I be better. You have more intense games in the first round, more meaningful games. And so, like, say if like the home team, the top seed, wins the first two. Okay, I don't need to sit there and have them. I don't need to watch them win two more games to understand that they're better than that seed. Like that, that eight, that lower seed, the eight seed or seven seed, they weren't gonna win a four game series. But they might have a chance at a three-game series. It would just make things more interesting. It would have to come for that top seed, the game one. That home team would have to come. Because if they lose, they are on the ropes. Because they, they would have to go on the road. And then if that team wins, tops that number one or two seed eliminated, that would be big. But if they win, they go home and it would be an interesting game three. So my idea would be round one. Three game series, conference semifinals, five game series. So we're just moving it up, and then conference finals, seven game, and the final finals, NBA final championships series, seven game series. So it'll be three, five, seven, seven. That would be my idea. I think a round one, three game series would be great. I think it would put pressure, and I would go home away home. I mean, you'd probably go home home away, but. I, you, you, the top seed would get two home games in that. That that's what that would be. I mean, and people would probably be like, "That's too short. Make it a five game series." Okay, I'm okay with having a five game series in round one, and then a five game series in round two, and then conference finals seven game, NBA finals seven game. So if you want to go five five seven seven, I'd be fine with that. I just don't think the first two rounds need to be seven at all. Too long, too much. We don't need seven games. That seven-game series needs to be saved for the conference finals and the NBA finals. But I really want that three. I want that three, five, seven, seven. It would be awesome. So I think I've I've done that when I play like 2K and I'm doing like a franchise mode. And I like get to change like and you pick like how you want your your series to go. And I think I did do like a three-game series. I, I just like it. I think it would be more. It'd be like intense. Like, like that first round, you'd have eyeballs on it. Like these three games are important. This three game series is important. That first game is very important for the home team. If they lose, they got to go on the road. 
And if they lose that game, they're out. Number one seed. Number two, the top seed would be out. But it, it would be better. So three, five, seven, seven for the NBA Finals. I think it would shorten it. They all don't need to be seven-game series. And as far as, like, load management, I say shorten the season. And I like Adam Silver's idea of uh, having in-season tournaments where the reward is uh, money, which all athletes like. I know that for a fact. Everybody knows that for a fact. But, yeah. Yeah, there's just certain things I can think can help with the NBA and everything to get away from that load management and stuff to help him and like the playoffs to shorten it a little bit. I mean, I get why they have the seven game series in the playoffs. They want to make money, but at the same time, like I don't need to see, like I said, I don't need to see top seed and lower seed play each other in a seven game series. Give me a three. Give me a five. I, I like three, but I think the midway point would be five. So let's go five, five, seven, seven. But I really want that three, five, seven, seven. But yeah, that's how I, that's this, this minor changes i would make in the nba to get away from that load management and just make the playoffs a better overall experience for the teams playing the people watching at home so with that said let's take a quick break and then we're going to get back at it with a little mlb talk we'll be right back and we are back here on the 2.9 podcast. Thanks for tuning in. You know, we're gonna keep this, we're gonna keep this train chugging right along. You know, uh, like I said, I wanted to just talk sports about like the, the three top leagues in the in the states. You know, you got the NBA, MLB, and NFL. And there's always ways to make make them better. You know, I just talked about the NBA and, you know, the load management and some tips and maybe like an idea like on the playoff and like how the series should be. So like I said, I don't think it should be all seven game series for the first and second round. Say that for the last two rounds. Make that, make the seven game series like mean something, you know. But uh, I want to I want to talk about a little bit about, the, you know, MLB, Major League Baseball and just different things I think they could do. To make baseball, I don't know, better, more exciting. Not, I guess, more exciting, more, uh, just not what it used to be, but make it something that this generation of people can enjoy watching. And I know they, they, they added doing the, uh, the pitch clock. And I've heard that it, like, shorten the game, you know, but like, half an hour so like games are like three three and a half hours or like two and a half and i went to a royce game this season and it, it went by pretty fast i'm not gonna lie like i think the pitch clock does help what is it 15 15 seconds for the uh pitcher to get going in their stretch or wind up and i don't i don't I, the pitch clock's a great idea because because hitters and pitchers don't need to take their time on the mound like get up, let's go. People ain't got time to sit around. We need we need action. We need action. We don't need all this like downtime. Like you ever go to a football game, like they get they they snap the ball, run the play, they're in the huddle, they're back at it with like twenty seconds left on the play clock. Like imagine if football didn't have like a play clock and teams could just take their sweet old time. Be the boringest shit ever to watch. An NFL game with no play clock, boring. Just like how NBA has a 24-second clock. Imagine if they had no shot clock. Teams would just pass the ball around and just pass it, pass it, pass it, pass it. You'd have the lowest scoring games. Just I just is one thing I hate about college basketball. Shot clock is too damn long. 35 seconds. Teams don't need 35 seconds. Shot clock need to be like 28. Like 24, like NBA. Like, there's no need for shot clock to be 35 seconds. Ridiculous. But that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day. But like, back to like MLB and having basically, it's like a shot clock or it's like a play clock in the NFL, shot clock in the NBA. You know, and you have to get this pitch off. And if you don't, if the batter's not in the box, ready for the pitch this time, then it's a strike. I'm not surely entirely I'm not entirely sure what happens if what if the pitcher doesn't get a pitch off? Is it just a ball? Like before the uh pitch clock goes off. But I like it. 
I noticed it. I noticed it. It it made the game go by faster because there's like less time in between pitches, and that used to be a thing where it's like you could look over here and da 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 play on your phone before the next pitch. But I was at the game. I was on the phone. I was like, oh, he already pitched the ball. Like, like I like it. I like it. But there's a few other things I think that can make baseball that can help baseball. In terms of, because if you had to give the top three, it'd be NFL, NBA, and then MLB. That's a distant, distant third. Uh, soccer's picking up, so I would say MLS is right up there. And you have your hockey people. But to me, the big three is M- NFL, NBA, and you know MLB. But if MLB wants to catch up and be one of those top sports leagues like the NBA and NFL, I just think... There's a few things they could do. Now, now follow me here. Like we have the pitch clock. Good. One other thing. There's no need for baseball games to be nine innings long. I'm just saying. Keep this. Seven innings. Seven innings. You don't need nine. You need seven. Seven. Seven innings would be so much better. Still shorten the game even more. I just think seven innings, I just think nine innings is like two innings too long. Seven, you know, because you play seven like growing up, you play seven in high school, college. Why we gotta go? Why we gotta go to nine when we get to the pros? Seven, you could uh, have pitchers who could complete more games, save pitchers' arms. Like if they pitch five innings, oh, we can bring in our reliever and then our closer. Like, imagine that. But if they pitch five innings in a nine-inning game, there's still four more innings to go. You got to use more pitchers. Imagine seven innings where this pitcher goes five innings. Shit. We only got two innings left. We ain't got to use that many pitchers to get through this game. Yeah, granted, if you go into extra innings. But then there's times when it's like, there's a nine, you, you watch nine innings of baseball, and by like the sixth inning, the game is out of reach. You know the other team ain't going to catch up. It's like 11 and 2. You know how hard it is to score runs in baseball? It's hard. It's really hard. And now I got to watch, say it's 7 to 2, and we're at the you know, sixth inning. And there's no hope in sight for the team that's down by five. Now I got to watch like four more innings, three more innings of this, this, this last inning that I know the other team is not going to do anything, maybe score one more run. It's nonsense, and then they have to waste their pitchers. When I know, like, a six inning is five or two, okay, one more inning to go. Because I know they got this last inning, that's it. When I don't have to sit there and watch them three more innings struggle to get a hit, to try to score a run, and maybe let this other team score some more runs to make it more out of reach. Seven innings, I really think, can make the game overall better and help pitchers. And things like that. And you already have the pitch clock. So that's my other idea. Shorten it to seven innings. We don't need nine innings of baseball. We don't. If you ask anybody. You'd be like hey. Would you be in favor of shortening it to seven innings? They'd be like yeah. Players would agree. Seven innings. Hell yeah. It'd be great for pitchers. Just tell you. So shorten it to seven innings. Other suggestion. Would be to add. Uh. Automatic strike zone, the computer strike zone. So what that is, is like there is like a camera pointing at home plate. There's like, I know about this strike zone. I've heard him talk about it, but I remember one time seeing it on uh, Real Sports on HBO where uh, they used it in like a minor league or semi-pro game. And basically it's like an automatic computer generated strike zone. Where there's like a camera pointing directly at home plate from center field. And the ump just calls the balls and strikes. So when the ball crosses the plate, the camera, sh- like like I said, the camera is sh- pointing from center field to home plate. And there's a light. There's a, there's a light. If it shows up red, that means it was a ball. If it shows up green, that means it was a strike. And that's all the uh, behind, that's all the, uh, the ump behind the plate has to do is he has to watch it. When the ball crosses the plate, he looks up. If it's green, he calls strike. If it's a ball, 
the ball. And that just makes the strike zones, because this, this automatic strike zone will have the strike zones all the same. Because I know there's there's umpires that have different strike zones. Some have big, some have small. Some call the corner, some don't. You know, so it's like each ump that gets behind the plate on a game is a different ump and they have different strike zones. And to me, that just makes sense. If we have a way to make all the strike zones the same, pitchers know that, hitters know that, you know, coaches know that, catchers know that, it makes it that much easier. easier. And we won't have those things where it's like, oh, that was a bad call. We were like, no, this is the strike zone. You know what it is. It's going to be like this every game. It's not going to be different. It's not going to be smaller. It's not going to be bigger. And so all really the behind the ump, behind the plate umpire, all he has to do, look at the thing after the ball crosses the plate. If it's green, it's a strike. If it's red, the ball. And the only calls that they're making that are subjective are like safe calls. Uh, you know, things like if the batter went around, you need to ask the umpire down first or third, depending on if it's a right or left-handed batter. But that would just make game much more smoother in terms of like strikes and balls. And we won't have these arguments. They won't have these umps that have wide or small strike zones and want to call the game how they want to call the game. No, when that ball crosses the plate, you look up at the up in the center field, you get the light. It's red. It's a ball. It's green. It's a strike. So the automatic computer generated strike zone needs to be implemented yesterday. I don't know why it's taking so long. Like I said, I saw the episode of Real Sports like a few years ago about it, and the ump did it, and he said like it was good, like it was easy, like made it made it go faster. In terms of like the crosses, you look strike. It was like it was like the same amount of time. Like so, we have the pitch clock. Shrink it down to seven innings. We get an automatic strike zone. And my one other thing is suggestion is there's too many seasons is entirely too long. That's 162 games in baseball. We don't need 162 games in baseball. We don't, we don't need it. I'd be fine with 100. 50, all star break, 50. Let's move on to the playoffs. Done by September. Baseball do not need to be played into October. Especially if teams that are in the playoffs are on the East Coast, you know, like the Yankees, the Mets, the Phillies. It get cold up there starting come fall time. We don't need baseball all the way into October. You, 50-game season, I mean, not 100-game season, 50, all-star break, 50, let's go to playoffs. We're done with the playoffs by, like, September. Like, um, World Series is September, end of September, we're done. We're done. We don't need to go into October to play baseball. Season's done by like August. We're playing playoffs. And maybe you can even add like another wild card playoff slot if you wanted to. If you wanted to add another playoff spot. But let's just make it 100 even. I know that's going to change things in terms of like records, but it is what it is. 162 is too long. I get like teams want to make their money and whatnot, but you don't need 162 baseball games. I'm sorry, you don't. If you had 100, ooh, it'd be much better. Like I said, pitchers would last longer and you know have longer careers. Players could have play longer. You just do 100 games a season. Like, okay, let's go, let's go. 50. We got All Star break. 50 playoffs. We're done by September off season. And so that that would be my suggestion because it's, it's 162 too long. Like I don't I don't know what a good round number is. Maybe you go like 120, 120 games. It'll take about what 40 ish games off. 122, it's like 40 games off. I think that's like a middle middle ground if you don't want to go 100 games, but you don't need 162. Like you need like somewhere between 100 to 100. In 20 games. In there. I would prefer 100 games. I think that would be more than enough. So with a 50, 100. So you get 50 home games. Instead of your, your 81. You don't need 81 games. People ain't got time to go to 81 baseball games. In, in your town. You put 50. People will definitely go to 50. That's easy. Even 60. So if you do 120. 60 home games. 60 away games. You got, that's better. But 162? No. My suggestion, shorten the season. 
or the somewhere between 100 to 120 games. So, like my suggestions: the automatic strike zone, the computer-generated strike zone, switch seven innings and shorten the season somewhere between 100 to 120 games, and you already have the pitch clock. You do those things, you can make baseball become bigger than what it. America's pastime could be up there right with the NFL, NBA. If you just do like minor things like that, like people don't want to sit there and watch 162 games. People ain't watching games like that. Like the NFL, what, 17 games? 17 games now. Seven, 17. That's, I think that's one of the reasons like the NFL's the most popular sport in, the, in this country. 17 game regular season. And that's it. Yes, yeah, so over the course of like what September, October, November, and like five, five, six months, something like that. But uh, it's seventeen games, and then the playoffs, and they're out. This is one game a week. Baseball, you got a game every day. You got to fill up eighty-one home games. Too much. Fifty, fifty to sixty home games. You look at hundred to hundred twenty. I mean, basketball has eighty-two. Total. So what is that? 41 home games. You got to fill up 81 home games in Major League Baseball. 81? Too much. Like, let's go. Somebody, out. Who's, who is the commissioner? I don't even know who the commissioner is of baseball, but hear me out. Uh, Computer-generated strike zone. Seven game, seven inning games in 100 to 100. Let's go 100, 115 games. See you. And we're, we're out of here. And if you want to add an extra playoff team, we can do that. If you go 100 game season, we can add an extra playoff team. But we are done by September. That's when it needs to be. If you want to go like a week into October, cool. We don't need to go to the end of October for baseball. Out of out of control. Out of control. So that that that's my take on some things that can help, you know, MOB become more popular, gather more interest from fans in this generation. So with that said, let, let, let's take a quick break. And on the other side, we're going to get into some NFL uh, salary cap talk. We'll be right back. And we are back here on the 2.9 podcast. I'm your host, AK The Ref. Uh, thank you for tuning in. We are on the home stretch, baby. We, we're here. Episode three. We're going we're gonna to finish strong. And there's no entertainment talk today because I want to save that for next week's episode because I'm going to talk about The Last of Us, the TV show. It's my favorite. That's became my favorite video game of all time. And the TV show was just, well, absolutely fucking loved it. But we'll get into that next week. So today's episode, like I said, I just talk about sports. You know, we started off with some NBA talk about, you know, some suggestions and then MLB suggestions. Now I want to move over to the NFL. And, you know, the NFL is probably the league that has like some of the best parody in terms of like, Maybe not the last cup, but it, it your teams have chances. Like in baseball, if your team does not have a big budget, big uh what is it, salary, you know, to spend, your team's not gonna be any good unless they're just drafting well and getting good prospects to come up and play well. So unless you have money in baseball or you're putting a, together a real good team that doesn't cost a lot, there's it's the same teams. NBA, it's becoming a thing of like superstars teaming up and playing together and, you know, having a big two or a big three and be like, hey, let's go play together and win a championship. But football, there, there, there's more parody, more, there's always surprise teams that come and, and it all has to do with just having a good quarterback. Literally, like you have to have a good quarterback in the NFL to succeed. You can have the defense, you can have the offense. You have the weapons, you get the offensive line, the running game, the receivers, but if you don't have the quarterback, it doesn't matter. You, you know, you can go, you can go far in the playoffs with the average quarterback, but you cannot take that next leap unless you have that guy. And there are quarterbacks in the NFL. But then you see teams, you know, led by like Brock Purdy and Jim Garoppolo, who take their teams even in the playoffs, but he got hurt, so we didn't really see what he could do. But Jimmy Garoppolo took his team to the Super Bowl. They didn't win. Why? Because we had a better quarterback. They might have had a better overall team that year. We had a better quarterback. And I don't want to hear anything about 
him making that throw, that would end the game. There was still like a whole minute and a half left, and your Mahomes had plenty of timeouts, so I don't want to hear about that. That's another conversation for another day. But what I'm saying, like in the NFL, you can have it all. If you if your team doesn't have the quarterback, the rest doesn't matter. And so that's one way. Like you could build a solid team defense, offensive wise, but if you don't have the quarterback, like that that's how you get good. And finding that finding the quarterback's hard. But uh, if you find that person, hey, build around him. So we're in we're in this era in the NFL where quarterbacks are just making lots of money, lots of money. And then it comes down to you do find that guy, I gotta pay him, and I gotta pay him a lot of money. And that means when I pay him. I have to get rid of some of my, I can't pay some of my other good players. And we lose like, like that good team, but we have the quarterback. And there are there are teams that got good quarterbacks, but like Kirk Cousins, like he's he's decent. He's a good quarterback to have. He shouldn't be being paid top elite quarterback money. Like it's like you're Kirk Cousins. Like, let's go. Let's no, you don't need that much money. Like Dak, like I like Dak. The quarterback, solid. He ain't no elite. Uh, who else? Like, like I Deshaun Watson. We're not gonna talk about that. Like the Browns are dumb for paying that. They're just dumb, and it set a different precedent for quarterbacks wanting guarantee money. They just fucked with the market and, and just dumb. So somebody like Lamar Jackson. We had this. There was this whole thing with Lamar Jackson signing him, and I'm gonna be honest. I wouldn't have gave him no big big money. I give him a deal that's fair and pays him, but not no elite. He ain't done nothing. He's been hurt. He got hurt the last two years towards the end of the season. And it's not that he's not any good. It's just like, I'm paying you, but what if you get hurt again? Your best ability is your availability. So, but, uh. There's there's these quarterbacks getting all this money, and then it helps, and then it hints on, and then it like you can't pay other guys on your team, and then so that requires you to draft well, and develop younger guys to play on rookie contracts. So when you do have to give the quarterback that big time contract, it's like uh, we gotta let you go. We can't we can't pay you. We can't pay you. We drafted well, so we're good to go. And that's like one of the reasons the Chiefs are able to be so successful is because they've been drafting well. Last year's draft, how many people there? Like six, six rookies contributing and playing throughout the whole entire season. Like they hit on last year's draft. And this year's draft, we'll see. But I feel like they did a, a, a good job. But that. It, but that's hard to like do that every year. Like draft like five players that are gonna come in, and you have like three of them start, and two of them are gonna contribute later in the season, and it'll be like you got to hit on that all the time. That's hard because you don't know how these players are gonna be when they come into the league. And so, like, if you're not able to do that after you pay your quarterback, doesn't matter. You you gonna have this good quarterback, but if you can't like build a decent team around them. It doesn't matter. Like, you can have a great team with defense and offense, but if you're not the quarterback, you, you'd be able to go here, you know, this far into the playoffs, but you're not going to get to that championship game. And if you do, do you have the quarterback that can make the plays in that game to bring home the Lombardi Trophy? So, like I said, we're in this era. Quarterbacks is getting hella money and getting guaranteed big money, and it takes up, like, Third of your salary cap because what is the salary cap? This year, like two hundred twenty-four point eight million. When I looked at it, so I have this idea where each team has they can each team gets five contracts that don't get a that don't count against the cut, don't count against the cap. So each team will have five slots. You can put five contracts in that slot. Lock it in. It doesn't count against the cap for the entirety, the entirety of that player's contract. So here's how it would work. So each team has the five slots. So I'm just going to use the Chiefs as an example. So you have Mahomes. You put him in one slot. You re-sign 
Chris Jones, put him in a slot. You say you want to give give more money to Kelsey. Put his in a slot. And then maybe the next year, or maybe even this year, decide, hey, let's give a new contract extension to Snead. Put him in a slot. So that's four, four of your five slots filled up, right? And you can put anybody. You can put a free agent you signed in there. You can put anybody. The only people you can't put in that slot is like rookies. So you have people in the slot. So let's say I just say put those four cheese players in the slot. Right? So those four contracts do not account against the capital. So here is how it works. You put those in there, they don't count against the cap. Uh so say you give Jones four year extension. Let's say two years go by. Not playing well. Not living up to it. You decide, I don't know what's wrong. I'm just going to throw this as an example. Two years into the four-year deal, not playing well. You want to release him. Now, there's options. If you release him, if a team claims him on waivers, that contract leaves the slot. Because now the other team picked up that contract. But let's just say normally, clears waivers. You have one of two options. You can keep that money, the rest of his money on the books in that slot, and it won't count against the cap. Or you can decide, hey, we'll eat the money, get that slot free, and we'll put somebody else's contract in that slot. Right? So, like, so you release him, clears waivers, signs him new with a new team, new contract. Like I said, keep it in there. So keep whatever's left over to owe him in terms of like money. Keep it in there. Won't count against the cap. Or you decide, hey, we'll eat it. Put somebody else's contract in here. That's the way that works. If uh, you trade somebody that is in one of those slots, you trade them to another team, that team accepts that contract and your slot becomes free. Or once the player's contract ends, is no longer under contract. That's when a slot becomes available. Uh, and I've been like going back and forth with like, okay, when do you have to like put a contract in there? I to me, there's like no set time to put a contract in a slot because it could be one of those things where, what if you're like in the begin in the middle of the season and you extend a player to a new deal, I want to put that in a slot if there's one open. So there's like no set timetable to to have to have these slots filled throughout the year. It's just like once a guy once a guy's contract is in that slot, it's locked in there for the entirety of that contract. Or if another team accepts responsibility of that contract, whether it's claiming it through waivers or a trade. And if you want that 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 slot to be free after you release the player if he clears waivers, you can eat the money and it will count against your cap or you just keep it in there throughout the remainder of that person's contract. So like I said, if a player signs a four-year deal, say a five-year deal, you put the contract in there. Two years go by, it's not working. You decide, I want to release him. Clears waivers, signs with a new team. Still a lot of money left on the books. For the for this for this year, you say I wanna I wanna keep it in there. I wanna keep it in there and not let it count against the cap this year. Let's say we get to the new beginning of a new league year. You can decide, hey, we'll 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 eat the rest of the money. So I guess I'd like once if a guy is on your team and he can't be removed from that. From that slot. And if you do release a player. You have to make that decision. It clears waivers. You have to make that decision. We'll keep in it for the remainder of the length of the contract. He's under. Or we'll just eat the money. I'm not going to say you can be able to make a decision. At the beginning of a new league year. You make that decision. If you release a guy. Signs with a new team. Hey. We all this much left. Let's keep it in here. Let's keep the slot, you know, filled so we it doesn't count against the cap. Or you can say, we'll eat it and we'll just put somebody else's contract in here. But once you make that decision to keep that player's 
contract in there after he's been released, you have to wait until that contract said contract would have been over, if that makes sense. Or you could just make me do a thing where when it's the beginning of a league year, once the new league year starts, you have like a week to decide, hey, do we keep it in here or do we just eat it for the upcoming year? So maybe that could be a thing. But once you make that decision at the beginning of the league year, you can't change it, is what I'm saying. And then once you release the player, you can't change it into a new league year. If that's what I'm saying. But if so, if you release the player in the offseason, you have to make that decision until the next league year of whether we'll eat it or keep it in there. And then when it gets to like the new league year, you, can, you got a week. Make that decision, keep it, or eat it. So that is like my idea, suggestion. You know, you have the five you know, slots, you know, five contracts per team that don't find against the cap. You can't put rookies. It's only like people when you, when you sign them to a new deal or you sign a free agent, hey, let's put that in there. And how this would help, it would help teams, build teams. It would help players stay longer with teams and kind of build those rivalries with their rival teams. So you could have like, oh, we can pay this person and put his contract here. We could also pay this person. So you could pay like five people, put their contracts in there. And then maybe pay like two or three other people. Now those two or other three people contracts would count against the cap, but you got the five bigger ones that don't. And so it will get it will help in terms of like keeping teams together, keeping players with this team longer and building those rivals with the rival team. So you have like the Chiefs and the AFC West, you have the Chiefs, Broncos, Chargers, Raiders. You know, if players are able to stay with teams longer, that builds that rivalry against those players because, you know, you play your, your division twice, teams twice a year. And if we're always playing against the same player, that's going to build that rivalry. It's going to allow teams to, to build, uh, to keep good players on their team and not have to get rid of them. It's going to help with that. And it helped building the team and paying more and be able to help pay more guys and keep those players, those good players on your team and not have to like, worry about it. I mean, you're not going to sit here and be like, and just go like, we'll give you whatever you want and whatever you want. This player, like after you fill those five slides, you got to be smart about who you give some more big money to. Because there's, because listen, there's always going to be like five to seven guys that, Want big money. If you have like five slots per team, five contracts that you can lock it in and be like, those five won't count against the cap. It would be, it'd be a good thing for football if they could do that. Like you could still keep the, you still have the salary cap, but you just have five per team that don't count against the cap. And so you move into that direction and then you could pay more guys, keep those guys on the teams longer, help build those, those rivals against their division and be like, Players will stay with teams longer. I I just think it would be a it'd be a good thing. That this is my suggestion on like the salary cap and in, in terms of like quarterbacks getting paid all this money. So then you can be like, okay, I'll pay my quarterback whatever he wants because I'm gonna put in this this one. I'm gonna put in one of these five contract slots. Won't count against the cap. And so you can be like, hey, I'm gonna I can pay my quarterback. 250 million guaranteed or whatever. It's not going to count against the cap because I got it right here, you know? Because like I said, there's always going to be like three people on offense and like three people on defense that want to be paid because they're your top players. I can tell you right now for the Chiefs who I'd put in that, put in Mahomes contract in there. I get Kelsey more money, a new contract, put his in there. Jones, put his in there. That's three. When it comes time to sign Sneed, put him in there. And then maybe leave one open for like a free agent. And then I could sign Bolton, have that count against the cap. Uh, and then when it comes time to sign like, you know, Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey, I keep those two together. And, uh, and I, you, I still, you still want to draft well because you still want to have, you know, you still want to you know, stay young and have the veterans have a mix, but you still want to draft well. But that will also help in case you just one of those years. Maybe you just don't draft as well, or maybe they just don't have the players like 
that. But you still you still gotta put it all together. You still gotta draft well. Even though you have these five slots, these five contracts that don't count against cap, you still wanna draft well. So that that's just my suggestion. I think that would be cool. That'd be good. And the other one I've heard before is what if the uh quarterback's uh contract doesn't count against the cap at all? That would be a big help too. If it's just quarterback. Hey, quarterbacks contracts don't count against the cap. So you can sign them for any amount of money you want. But I like the idea of the five, but I would also be in favor of the just the quarterback's contract because they're they're getting so massively big. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna get to a point to where a quarterback's making like hundred million dollars a year. Like it's ridiculous. So if we need to put that and have it to where this is the quarterback's contract, I'm okay with that. But I like the idea of the five. But yeah. So yeah, let me know. Like, what are you I want to hear like what the people out there. So if you got any suggestions on like ways to help make these leagues better, suggestions like with the NBA and the load management and playoffs or things the MLB can do to be better or what's your what's your take on the salary cap in the NFL? Like what would you, what would be your suggestions? Shoot me an email, you know, adam.kennedy85 at gmail.com. Hit me up on Twitter, you know, AK the ref. Uh, hit me up on yeah Instagram ak dot the dot ref. You know I had to put the dots in there for Instagram because go figure somebody already has that name I guess, but it is what it is. I ain't, I ain't worried about it because I'm the only ak the ref here. But yeah, but that you know there's there well there was another person. Who was it? Nick the ref. Yeah, yeah. I'm the, I think I'm the only ak the ref. Help. I don't know. There's only one of me out there, and I'm AK the ref. You know what it is. Referee from Kansas City. But yeah. But yeah, shoot me some emails. I want to hear y'all guys' opinions on what you think can make some of these leagues better. Some suggestions. Shoot me the email. You got the email. You got my Twitter. You got my Instagram. We we coming in here strong. I just want to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, I really do appreciate it. Uh, keep We're going to keep plugging away. Keep sharing. Keep, uh, you know... Spreading the word about the 2.9 podcast. We here. We doing it right. We just going to keep it moving along. And just want to thank everybody. But uh, with that said, I'm going to get out of your hair and let you go enjoy the rest of your day. I'm out. Peace.